It's Tuesday, June 7th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, stop me if you heard this before, but, but Reigns washed away the Guardians game on Monday night. Uh, storms came through a little uh, around uh, the time of the scheduled first pitch. Uh, they decided to call things off and play a uh, traditional doubleheader today, Tuesday, uh, beginning at 3 p.m. So we're in for another long day of baseball at the ballpark. And this is what the seventh weather-related postponement at home already this year. Uh, three times more than, you know, at this point in any of the five previous seasons. Uh, it, it, it's just, it's become a lot lately. Uh, it, there's a there's a reason why a, attendance figures are slightly behind where they were, uh, you know, the, the, the two seasons prior to the COVID pandemic. Uh, and I think weather has a lot to do with it. Yeah, rain, rain, go away, Joe, right? I mean, uh, it's crazy. I mean, what, seven postponements? They had the one in Detroit as well, right? And the COVID postponement. And the COVID postponement in Chicago. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, when are they going to make all these games up? I mean, there are going to be a, a slew of games coming. Well, they've played two – they've played three doubleheaders uh, at home already. They've got one today, and then uh, ahead of them, they've got five more doubleheaders. They've got a doubleheader in Chicago and a doubleheader in Detroit. And because of the the 99-day lockout, they'll have two doubleheaders with Minnesota because that uh, series from the first week of the season that got moved, uh, that got moved to one of the off days that they're, they're playing on a mutual off day, so that didn't have to be taken as a doubleheader. But then two of the three games of that series had to be added on to already existing dates against Minnesota, which is crazy. You're playing them, uh, you know, in both times in series that were supposed to be three-game series. Those are now four-game series, uh, all compressed into a a small amount of time. Uh, And, you know, you've got doubleheaders against the, the Tigers and the White Sox thrown in there as well, I guess. You know, part of the only good thing about this is all of these games are, are within the division. So, you know, it, it's not like it, you're playing these doubleheaders against teams that you're not going to see again or that it doesn't matter what you do against them in the standings. I, these, these games will count for something, especially the two upcoming doubleheaders against the White Sox. Yeah, they're going to be get big games. And, uh, you know, how does Terry Francona think his pitching staff is going to hold up to these? Well, we talked to him pregame, uh, and and he said, you know, if they're able to get Aaron Savali back uh, in in a reasonable amount of time, and I think that's that's coming. We'll, we'll talk about, you know, what he said about Savali here in a minute. But uh, if they're able to do that, you've got Connor Pilkington now, and, and he's stretched out, and he's shown that he can give you, uh, you know, a few innings at least. Uh, I, I don't think they're in as bad a position as they were last year with all their you know, injuries to the starting rotation and being shorthanded. Uh, they'll have arms to cover these innings. Uh, if they have to maybe go to a, a six-man rotation or, you know, or just keep keep Pilkington around until then. But you're also faced with the deadline of, what, mid-May where, where you've got to be down to 13 pitchers. Yeah, that's a great point. And, jeez, uh, uh, <laughs> just uh, – and, you know, like a doubleheader, they're not seven-inning doubleheaders – anymore either that's that 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 would have been a a, a, you know a godsend kind of uh to the guardians this year 
Yeah, the 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 year that they they do away with the sort of COVID safety net of of having those seven inning double headers because they didn't want these teams going through you know so much like it when when they they play the seven inning games uh, they they do away with that this year because oh baseball is so traditional but I'll tell you what I can't find a person around the ballpark who didn't like those seven inning double headers the 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 baseball writers sure liked them Terry Francona he was a fan of them just because of his ability to be flexible with his with his pitching staff so uh yeah I, I don't know if there's a way to get those back, but boy, we should miss them. And it would figure that the year that they're gone is the year that Cleveland has the most doubleheaders out of any team in the league. It's, and, you know, I was just thinking about this, you know, Emmanuel Class A, you know, until the last weekend in Baltimore, hadn't had a save situation uh, since uh, May 14th. Then he gets two. You know, I think it's going to be a lot, you know, these doubleheaders are going to, really kind of catch up to guys that haven't got a lot of use. You know, uh, Francona was talking about not be, having been able to pitch Anthony Ghost, you know, in in over, you know, a week or so. He finally got him into a game uh, Saturday. But, uh, you know, these guys, it's going to catch up to these, these pitchers. And they're going to, you know, it's going to be, they're really going to have to manage these guys and be careful. And and that's one of the things that he he mentioned about Brian Shaw, I guess, uh, Shaw in his most recent outing uh, tweaked his calf coming in from the bullpen and he pitched through it and and didn't really say much about it but then afterwards you know he said that it was a little tight so so Francona has been uh, you know sort of hesitant to use him uh, until he knows he's 100% because he said this is a guy who wants to pitch every 24 hours and uh, you know they, they want to make sure he's healthy because they do lean on him a lot. Uh, the other players that this is going to impact uh, a lot and sort of affect are the catchers, Austin Hedges and Luke Maley, because uh, you, you've got to you've got to wonder how these guys are going to get through, you know, back to back games, you know, more than once. And they've got to come back the next day and play, probably. Yeah, the good thing is, I guess you can add, you know, the 27th player, right? For these double headers, maybe would they ever add a third catcher? I don't think so, but but maybe they would, you know, just as a safety precaution. Yeah, I I think you're more likely to add a pitcher in in those situations, yeah. just because I I think uh, it'll be interesting to see. They they haven't announced a starter for the uh, the second game today. They're keeping uh, Connor Pilkington for the, uh, the the finale of the series tomorrow. Uh, against Texas so it looks like they might be calling somebody up in between games it might be somebody like a Kirk McCarty if he's uh, available to do that uh it's got to be somebody on the 40 man I I I gotta believe but uh as far as Lavastida he's the other guy on the 40 man who you could you could bring up but you know who knows uh, if they're in a. I would say if that um, that situation with Hedges was any worse than it already is, uh, in in terms of his what he tweaked or pulled running out that infield grounder in Baltimore, uh, if he were feeling any worse, I think they might consider that. Yeah, and uh, so this gives him an extra day too. So that's a, in in a way, you know, yesterday's rain out. You know, that's a good thing for Hedges. Hopefully, you know, he is he's healthy and ready to go here. Yeah, Hedges is the only person who benefited from that rain out because I'll tell you, <laughs> we were sitting there last night 
watching them open the gates with the skies looking the way they were thinking, holy cow, why don't you just call this thing now? Uh, just uh, let's talk about the situation. First of all, we don't have a roof on the stadium like like at Minute Maid Park where this wouldn't have been an issue for for, uh, you know, Cleveland. That that goes back, you know, 30 years to making the decision not to put a dome on a stadium or, you know, they really didn't have dome stadiums like this back then. Uh, it, you know, as, as an option, but boy, we, we sure could use a, a retractable roof like that in Cleveland. It'd be nice. Definitely. Uh, probably caught, uh, you know, the cost is prohibitive now, I would think, I don't know what it would cost to put a roof on, uh, on a progressive field. Uh, you know, I've heard that the, it's almost the footprint of the ballpark is too small to do it. But mm -hmm. who knows? I, I mean, uh, I'm sure a lot of fans are wondering why there's not, you know, <laughs> that they would put a top on this thing. Just a big, a big umbrella, Joe. You know, you could just open it every every now and then. Well, and and you think about uh, you've got 430 million dollars in ballpark investments coming as the as the big topic of discussion uh, during the off season, uh, just to get you know, improvements that are needed to the, the fan service areas. We're not even talking about major infrastructure things about the park here. So, uh, you know, it's a very, it's a gorgeous park. It's a beautiful park when the weather is nice, but when the weather's not nice, uh, it's, it's practically useless. So, uh, you know, it's tough to, to watch these fans come in, you know, we're sitting in the press box watching these fans come in, knowing that the team knows that the game's not going to be played. So these people are sitting in the ballpark. They roll out the tarp. People are still sitting in their chairs. They're buying hot dogs. They're buying beers. And then, you know, 20 minutes before the game's scheduled to start, they they bang it. They call the they call the game off and they say, "Oh, come back tomorrow at three o'clock." You know, whether you have tickets or not. You know, that 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 kind of thing just kind of sits sits kind of funny with me. It look, it seems like a cash grab, or you know, they 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 want to try and get as much out of the the day as possible um, with the fans who, who, who are, are going to show up and, and not get to see the baseball game that they paid for. Yeah. That's, that's always a tough call. I mean, you know, usually in the past this season, they banged them pretty early, you know, and where, you know, the fans, you know, really weren't hadn't gotten into their cars and driven down yet or, you know, and, but, you know, I, I think they're probably desperate to get some, get some of these games in and kind of, cutting it close to the uh as close as they can to the weather report and see if the weather will change but yeah it's uh you know it's it's it, you kind of walk a fine line if you're the ball club in those situations yeah i think back in the day before all these advanced radars and they knew you know exactly where and when the, the rain was coming uh i i kind of long for those days where they would have actually tried to start the game you know and and gone as much as they could until it until the rain became too much and then maybe sat there and waited for it to stop because I live five minutes from the ballpark and by, uh, you know, maybe by quarter to nine, it had stopped raining, you know, around here and it would have been dry enough to play and they probably could have gotten in, you know, a good two, two and a half hours uh, worth of game. And, and yeah, we would have been there until midnight, but we wouldn't be coming back for a 14 hour day today. Yeah. You know, that's always, uh, that, that's always a gamble you take. You know, and so much is predicated, I think, you know, in the last few years on pitching. They don't want to burn a starting pitcher out. They don't want to, you know, just have them for two innings and then, uh, you know, call it and then you do two-hour delay and then it's a bullpen game. And I think that really plays a big role in this. 
Well, heck, we saw in Baltimore. Baltimore would love it. Baltimore is like, yeah, starter, let him go two innings, yeah. and we'll get, we'll get right into our bullpen. They they were all in favor of pulling their starter before it was time to uh, uh, with with the Orioles. I, I get curious, you know, uh, you've been doing this for a long time, and and you go out on the road, and you know, other cities have weather too. Uh, any any stories or anything stand out in terms of a uh, a long rain delay in a visiting park that that you recall or you know any experience with that and, and even what do you do when when you're out on the road and they they bang the game early you're sitting there in the press box you, you finish up a you know maybe a, a story that says hey they they're gonna play tomorrow and then what do you do with yourself for the rest of the day yeah. well, I remember there was a doubleheader in Pittsburgh Joe both games, both halves of the game, both both games went 15 innings. Oh. Both were rained, were played through a downpour. I mean, it was they never stopped playing. It was it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. And I think uh, I think Cleveland lost both games. They had that diamond dust, you know, that dime that dry that fi- drying mm-hmm. agent. You know, what did Herbie call Herbie score? Ah, they're putting the drying agent on the field. You know, it's like you. <laughs> He went, that was covered. The infield was covered with that, but they kept playing. It was, it was a bizarre thing. There was another in pits in uh, Boston when there was a hurricane, I think it was hurricane Bob. It kept, it kept, uh, or a tropical storm. It kept coming back over the ballpark and we were there till literally till about two in the morning. There was only about 10 people in the stands. I think a couple of them were ladies of the evening. They had drifted <laughs> into the ballpark, but hey, it was, it was, it was strange. It was, it's just a strange kind of setting. You And that, you know, you kind of just grinned and bear it, bear, you know, kind of, they just kind of gritted their teeth and got through it in, in back then. But now, you know, I, I think there's such a, you know, premium on pitching that they, they're not going to overexpose those guys. Yeah. And it, it, that makes sense. And it, it, from, from an injury standpoint, they've gotten smarter about things like that. They've learned from the lessons of the past. You don't, you don't heat a guy up and then let him sit and then heat him back up. And you know, that that's how he gets hurt. So uh, I guess that all makes sense, but just to hear, you know, the, the stories of, you know, the, the other cities, just to know that Cleveland isn't the only place where, where this, this ridiculous weather sort of happens and it, it feels like it really does feel like we're cursed when it comes to that. I mean, you can go back to the, the 2007 season when they, they, they got, you know, the, the snow games and all that. And, and they had to move the, the opening series or the first two series to, yeah. to Milwaukee. Uh, the, the, the weather in Cleveland is, is, is always a story. It's not like, it's not the main story, but it, it contributes to, you know, the, the direction of, of things right now. And, uh, Right now, Cleveland has played the fewest home dates of any team in the major leagues. This it's they they've played 19 home games. They've played 16 dates, three doubleheaders on those 16 uh, dates. So it, it you look at it, Houston's the next closest with 20 uh, going into yesterday. I think they played. Obviously, they played. Houston didn't have a delay yesterday because they have a dome. So uh, <laughs> they, they play. They've got 21. That's the the next closest. But it, it's it's a it's a combination of the schedule sort of conspiring against them because you know when they they chopped off the first two series of the the season that moved everything back and and Cleveland wasn't at home until you know the the second week and it, it's just it's tough because you can't get any sort of continuity going and 
And really, can, can you blame the fans for not having sort of a connection to this team? They've only seen them, you know, two weeks worth of games. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and you just get the rotation going, you know. They're, you just get the rotation follow, you know, kind of following one another. They're just – they're all turning in quality starts, and now you've got another interruption. And, uh, you know, they've done a great job, I think, the, the rotation handling this you know, handling, uh, you know, that, that inconsistent amount of work. Um, and you, you hope eventually they get to a part of the schedule, you know, where, where you can get deep into this season, you're playing every day and, you know, your, your ball club is producing, you get a really a good feel for what kind of ball club you have. So the rotation, uh, Aaron Savali yesterday through a side session, uh, he will go through pitcher fielding practice today. And the hope is to get him out to Columbus to do uh, a rehab start, maybe a couple, three innings, uh, Tito said, uh, by the end of this week or, you know, early next week. Uh, it could be, you know, end of next week by the and, and we might see Savali back on the mound for Cleveland. Uh, hopefully by then uh, the, the left gluteus uh, area is uh, healed up and, and feeling good. Uh, and also, you know, it's given him some time to sharpen up on on some of the things that he needed to work on. Yeah, he was having, you know, all sorts of kind of control issues. And and I, I think, uh, you know, he was really relying on that uh, curveball. Uh, maybe he can get some of his other pitches working, you know, refined. And do you think, Joe, I, I'm wondering, is he going to need more than one rehab start? I think he'll definitely need one. Uh, Tito said it's been long enough now that he probably needs two. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if after the second one, he's, you know, a couple innings, get him out of there and get him up get him back up and, and ready to go. Uh, it, it does. It doesn't, it, this, this wasn't an arm injury. This wasn't anything that, you know, needed to, to sort of take time to heal there. So once he feels confident enough with his lower half, uh, I think he'll be ready to go out there and, and give him a, you know, a chance to win a ball game. Well, yeah, that's good news. Uh, as far as, you know, the other injuries, Fran Mill Reyes, uh, still no timetable on uh, on Reyes. So uh, they, they, there continues to be work there. And uh, we didn't get an update on Karen check at, at AAA. So uh, nothing, nothing to report there. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to look like, uh, you know, uh, these these next couple of days, they bump back uh, Connor Pilkington till tomorrow. Uh, and Shane Bieber will open the series against Oakland. And the last time Shane Bieber faced, uh, faced Oakland, things went pretty well for him too. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, um, you know, it's the, the rotation is, you know, kind of unfolding the right way, even without Savali. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who, uh, you know, gets, starts his second game. If they get to that second game, because it doesn't look really good. <laughs> right yeah. outside right now joe there's that was that still was the rated forecast that was the other thing you want to play a triple header on uh on wednesday <laughs> because uh things are not promising as far as the radar goes right now but but we'll get to the park and i think we're going to get it started and try to try to wait it out as much as possible uh should be a, a fun day at uh at progressive field all right hoinsey uh we will uh check back in uh, tomorrow, and we'll talk to you again later on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.